0: hello everyone welcome to the get savvy podcast where we are going to have conversations with fellow business owners about the best ways of elevating and operating your business we promise you will get better at managing your business with the lessons and advice shared by our guests have fun everyone welcome to the Get Savvy podcast with Troy Thompson and Monica Drani. Here today we have Peter McDonald with us from Wonder Right. How are you Peter? How are you doing?
1: Feeling a little left out of the club here uh, Monica because I don't have my sunglasses on. I have right, my aviators in the car but you know.
0: I'll do my glasses then. Look at I'll Monica's that.
2: the one that's, that's left out whole... you and I have the same haircut Peter. I, I... yeah you should you didn't
1: you didn't prepare today Monica no <laughs> you haircut? know I
0: am not I'm not there yet I have a full <laughs> bowl of hair it's totally fine so Peter you know we are here today just to kind of talk a little bit about I mean what you do what Wonder Ride is about but also how can agents get a little bit more savvy by utilizing, you know, technology and by actually just overall improving their process and improving their overall structure and whatnot. So kick us off. Tell us a little bit about you, how you started, you know, right, and then we'll take it from there.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. So, um, you know, quick background, was an agent for seven years, Um, you know, licensed in property, casualty, life and health. I have a bunch of those designations CIC, CRM, CPCU. So, truly in the industry, it was part of the young agents lobbying in DC with a big eye on things like crop insurance and uh, let's see what else, terrorism insurance and um, agency licensing with NARAB too. Um, so, you know, familiar with um, the industry through and through my family business, still runs. Um, but I knew when I was an agent, I was like this you know, 23-year-old selling insurance and had played a lot of video games and just was pretty hacky as a high schooler and knew there had to be a better way to do some stuff. And so I guess to your point, how can you get more savvy about technology? Um, I just knew that there had to be better tooling. So I started to actually build some of my family agency, probably like other agencies that listen to your podcast, like started out with just doing some like basic WordPress stuff. Um it got kind of complex at some point, and it was like, yeah, this this needs to be whatever I'm going to do. It needs to be probably standalone and totally separate from my family business, which I'm no longer working at. um Do they I use think, Wonder right there though? Today, 100. Yeah. In fact, yeah, we just we, we 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 just launched digital signature and data, which totally makes sense for our workflow. And I, I watched my family agency did a Zoom call with them. They had a customer support question. And I hop on like, yes, I'm the customer support person. <laughs> it's kind of awkward. Um, but like I watched them do an end-to-end digital signature with their customer and it was it was pretty slick. I was pretty impressed. Mm-hmm. Um,
2: I was just talking to David Carruthers this morning about you and he was just bragging about Wonder, right? And how great you are. We don't do a lot of commercial in my agency though, Peter. I mean, is there still a need for it for those uh, personalized heavy agencies?
1: Yeah, I mean, look, I think that I sold a lot of commercial insurance and I sold a lot of personal insurance. And I think that anytime I worked on a big commercial account, I always wanted to capture the personal account as well, because it helped lock in the account. And, uh, I arguably helped you do a better job for your customer because you could help them identify gaps in their personal business, make sure that they're not going to get caught off guard and then get pulled away from the office when a pipe burst pipe bursts at home. So there is a personal workflow on WonderRight. I'd say admittedly it's, um, it hasn't been our focus, But it's there, and regardless, a lot of the tooling that you use for commercial accounts kind of holds true for people that have a lot of stuff. So I don't know, Troy, if you insure people with like multiple properties or maybe a boat or two, um, something like that. My ideal client has two cars and a house.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. No. Okay. You want to go after those higher net worth people with the toys and cabins and stuff like that? Yeah. And I think that those people.
0: Minnesota.
2: (laughs) Really. (laughs) Mm she's joking we have more shoreline than florida and california put together. Say, you know, that's
1: got lake life going on that's right? right um but yeah so my number one tip for like getting savvy with technology is to be ruthlessly focused on what it is you do at your agency and like what you do well and then use whatever tools are at your disposal until they break so um you know we for probably a little bit too long if you ask our engineers like we were planning our software roadmap on like a google doc um it got to the point where it was a couple hundred pages and like lots of screenshots and links and i was like yeah it broke and so it's like if you know you have a pain um use the tools that make sense that are easy that are fast and then at some point when you really know what you want and you kind of know the requirements then like then go looking because now you've kind of done the the, the the homework like thinking about what you really need so feel the pain and then solve the pain when you're ready right A lot of
2: times agencies just throw money at new softwares and new systems and things like that. And I'm guilty of that too, where you don't, you feel pain, you're getting nickel and dime to death, you're paying $50, $100, $200 to these various programs and systems, and you're not using any of them. So I really like what you said there about doing the Google Doc, tell you really feel the pain, and then you decide where you're going to go next kind of thing. That's brilliant
1: implementation is everything i think like right now in this in, in in the united states uh a friend of mine is starting a company in the space but um ch- change management digital transformation there are more job openings in that than like product management there's just so many opportunities because there's so much new tools out there but people just aren't great at implementing them and i think part of it's like it's fun, like looking at new new shiny tools. objects. Like, it's oh, not yeah. fun to read the owner, man. Yeah, exactly. I'm
2: like I'm looking at Wonder right right now, and your website is beautiful. I want to buy it right now. Let's go. I can I can uh, hook you up. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and we are probably going to be hiring a new guy who's going
1: to focus on commercial. So why wouldn't we then, for sure, right? I built this um, specifically from my experience with on the commercial side. Is like one of the confusing things for people who do a lot of personal is like, how do you sell commercial? Like, what do I need to know? And they're like, yeah, yeah just, gather, just gather the data. And I remember it was like, what data? And they're like, oh, you know, just like get payroll and number of vehicles. And I'm like, what, what do you mean? Like, what are you talking about? And with Wonder, it kind of structures it. So you kind of know intuitively, like what is the stuff that we're supposed so to So let's gather. say I'm quoting a contractor plumber
2: and okay. he wants to get insurance through us, work comp, liability, etc. Oh. Can I just type in plumber or how does that work?
1: Yeah. I mean, when you go to create an account, yeah, we've uh, indexed like the NAICS code and CIC code. So You can just type in plumber and we'll kind of pre-fill. So it automatically will categorize um, you know, your prospect in there. And then you can start adding risk data. So you can put in work comp class codes. You just type in plumbing. It will kind of pre-filter down, give you a recommendation of like what some of the class codes may be, um, which will get you 80% of the way there. I'd say if you're a really uh, well-established brokerage the the NAICS codes that you use, the class codes you use are actually really important. They can actually make a difference of 2x on your premium in some cases. And so, you know, whether you're a carpenter that works in like two stories and under or over three stories is like an enormous difference. So we can get you into the ballpark where it's like, hey, I think these are the five class codes that we should be looking at. And it makes it easier to classify and kind of gather all that data in one spot. And when you're ready to send a questionnaire over to your plumber contractor who's probably slammed right now and doesn't have any time to be looking at pdfs it makes it really easy for that plumber contractor to you know be out on the job get an email from you they click on a link and they can kind of fill out a question right on their phone kind of do right on the phone oh that's brilliant so it's customer facing absolutely so is this better
2: than what al my commercial lines guy does which is just print or just email the court applications to people and, and say, print them out, hand fill them out, then scan them
1: and email them back to me. Call me if you have Wait, questions. You know, like I Al would love to, I, listen, I would love to be like, yeah, let's, let's, let's be mean to Al, but the flip, the flip side is I'm the first one to say, look, if a customer says to me, just fax it to me, right? All of us are like, ah, faxes are so dumb. And I remember 10 years ago, someone was like, can you fax it to me? And I'm like, I, I literally don't know how to. But I will figure it out um from my perspective if you all were like hey I need this to do faxing I would go into our products management software and I'd be like it's really important that these guys have faxing let's figure out an API so we can shoot off faxes because like ultimately we don't really have a preference on like should you fax should you email should you text it's like how do your customers want to work um and so if if your customers prefer to get an accord attached to an email fill it out and send it well, back. Well, then you don't it's, have it's a job, really, right? <laughs> that's
2: the whole point.
1: To well, kind of I think in it. aggregate, that's just not where the industry is today. I think people <laughs> don't prefer that. So again, I, I'm just saying I don't want to have a, a, an opinion there on what's best for how you run your business, but um, I would say we're seeing good adoption. And on average, if you send someone a link on WonderWrite, the customer is logging in within the first 60 minutes. Um, which I think is much faster than your response rate on okay. sending out an accord attached to an email. Well, that's never going to happen. You know, rarely people even get back to you. So is this like? I would say like ENS most type? producers, most producers probably couldn't fill out a chord form, right? I mean, like I am personally guilty of like. Me too. Well, it, it's tough. So is this usually like ENS type stuff or like? Yeah, if you do a lot of ENS, this definitely is really valuable because there's a lot of forms but the reality is there's over 2500 insurers in the united states in the property casualty space and they all have multiple lines of business and so as a result um especially if it's somewhat of like anything outside of a standard line of business including probably your plumber you know the insurance company is going to want to know a bunch of random questions about this plumber Um, like if there's an electrician it'd be like does the electrician do solar panels Um, I, if it was a plumber, it it might be like, you know, what kind of plumbing is it commercial? Is it residential? Is it new construction? Is it it renovations? What percentage is it of renovations? If you do renovations, is it condo associations or is it like storefronts? Like it, all these things help categorize the business according to how your insurance carriers want to classify the business. And so that's why they end up creating these uh, PDF, you know, supplemental forms, help them classify and get the appropriate rating back. Sure.
0: Have we done some studies about how much time actually a producer or a CSR, account manager, whatever they want to be called these days, can save from, you know, instead of doing the accords per se to utilizing, you know, wonder, Because I know it's a big pain point. I mean, especially with the surplus market, right? That they ask you 700 things that you need to fill out in order to renew in a specific account or to write that account so um do we know like the specific time frames that people can save by utilizing you know um the system
1: yeah i mean taking a, a big picture look at it mckinsey did a study and they said that on average it can take up to 20 weeks for businesses to shop quote and buy in their insurance um, 10 weeks i think to like you know get to an agent, get the information out, get quotes out in like 10 weeks, kind of make a decision or I I forget the exact time frame, but I have like, I remember like a vivid picture of it. So it was like 20 weeks total. Um, I think if you talk to most agencies and you're like, tell me about your renewal process, they're like, well, you know, three to four months before renewal, which just kind of gives you a sense of how long this process is taking today. Um, Specific to like, what does it, you know, very specifically take to fill out an accord form, um, I think the Accord 125 has over 400 fields on it. So you can just imagine, assuming you know which of those fields you're actually supposed to fill out, um, you know, it can take you hours. I think we have an ROI calculator we've put together with our sales mm. team where you can just basically be like, how much time is your team spending doing this work today? And then looking at it to like wonder like how much time do you think that could save you? And like, what could that mean um, as far as freed up time and ROI for your organization? Um, but I would say if if you're if you're if you're a CSR that's doing a lot of these apps, you're probably doing apps all day long, and that's just part of it. I think the other part of it is, you know, what does the experience look like for your end customer or your new prospects? How do they perceive you um, in working together? And then also as far as like accuracy, rekeying, pulling in third party data, there's even more, you know, um, synergy to be had. Can you logo put your logo and stuff on the? on the system and everything? Yeah, absolutely. We call it white labeling. Um, You know, so today you can put your logo on there. Uh, I think long-term where I would love to be, and we're not there today, just, um, you know, seeing as we have like a lot of things to build would be, you know, right now it's app.wanderite.com. You know, long-term goal would be like, it's app.youragency.com or like Mm. app.mainstreetinsurance.com um we know we can do it it's just a matter of like are enough agencies asking for it and like yeah this is valuable for us there's some technical hoops we have to jump through to make it work but we know it's possible i think you
0: mentioned i think you mentioned something extremely important you know and i know this is this sounds like a broken record but it's ease of use right the end user the client it's all about ease of use right like the 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 worst experience that you can have is uh, spend 20 minutes on the phone collecting information like that doesn't work anymore um people don't have time for that right so why not do it immediately and do it you know in front of you when you just can can just text or can just write it on your phone or you know it is all here on your brain so I think it is it is really important to, you know, keep that in mind that whatever it is that we are doing within our agencies or whatever process or or anything that we want to improve, we have to keep that experience in mind because as consumers we are just looking for that 30 second response, right? at all times. And if you take a minute, I'm going to call you and if you take, you know, 30 30 seconds answering that call then you're the worst agent that it that lives in in, and and i think it we experience that more frequently here in massachusetts than anywhere else (laughs) in the country because we are so like i'm calling you it had ring once why have you not picked up i want to talk to your manager
1: well, I am. You got to check out if you haven't seen it. Ronnie Chang on Netflix. Yeah, just Google search Ronnie Chang thinks Amazon Prime is too slow. I promise you, you'll be in tears laughing because he just talks about how in America it is an American value. Like we want things right now. And it's just yeah. hilarious. But yeah, look, I, I agree with you so much on, on all of that. I'd also caveat. The challenge with technology is like the promise is always it's going to be faster, easier, better. I think the reality is sometimes the technology makes things more complex because now you got passwords you got to remember, and and like I don't know systems you got to figure out. And I am the kind of guy that I would prefer to just pick up the phone and call my local pizza shop. I don't want to have to go on some app and like log in, like put in my credit card. I just want to like talk to somebody instantly. Like, hi, is this Troy? I want a large pizza. I'll see you in fifteen minutes. Thank you. Yeah. And um. And so we're super mindful of that when we're building the technology. It's just always going back to, does this actually make things easier, faster, better? And I think different customers are going to yeah. require different workflows. Um. And I yeah. think Monica, you're right that like most customers, yeah, like I just want to be like sitting on my couch, like watching a TV show, and I can kind of like answer this in the background and make it faster, easier. It is. Mm-hmm.
0: It is true. I was. Uh. I. I'm. I was heading out of out of the office the other day. And I really, really wanted pasta. And even though I had cooked in the morning and it was food at home, I was like, nope, I want pasta. And I called, you know, one of the chains here and they're like, oh yes, you can certainly make that order online. And I was like, but I have you on the phone. And he's like, oh no, so sorry. You have to go online and make the order there. And I was like, really? Like, I understand yeah. it is convenient, <laughs> but I called you for a reason. I'm driving. I cannot do that. Yeah. So I- I'm I not up... even kidding you.
1: Like, there's... Sorry, continue.
0: No, I was like, I end up missing the freaking pasta, man. It's not great. Oh, <laughs> <my God.
1: laughs> well, I was going to say, I, I literally... There's two pizza shops nearby. One of them takes orders on the phone. One of them, you have to order on the app. I'm not even joking okay. you like that. are the phone guy. I, I I will like I'm I had to order on the app because my my wife was in the area she's gonna pick it up. I'm like I'm not gonna I'm not getting pizza there again because like I just don't. It's like God, I don't wow that's like, like very interesting dynamic there. You know Dave. I'm I on like computers that. too much during the day. You know I need to well, like I need to unplug. My wife,
2: we're bringing our kids to uh, Disney World here and <clears throat> over Easter. We just talked to the travel lady. You need to have this phone oh to gosh. get on the rides to reserve a spot at the restaurant to order your food to do pretty much everything and I was like remember the day back in the day where you would get the ticket you would go in there and just have fun now everybody's on their phone the whole time like getting on apps and reserving rides and checking times for availability and just kind of takes some of the magic away but going full circle it
1: does make things a lot more efficient as well I, I look I'll say I uh in October, I went to the Patriots Bucks game, which was awesome. Um, yeah. I needed an app to show my, I, I don't know if I had to show coronavirus, but I had an app to get into the stadium. I needed an app to like to do parking. I needed an app to board my flight to Vegas for ITC Vegas the next morning. I needed an app to get in the car to the hotel. And then they even suggested I have an app at the hotel to like pre-check. And it was just like, guys, like, I just, I just want to like walk up and be like, check me in now. Thanks. And then I'm done. And so... In wonder, I, as a, as a side note, hasn't um, its own app. W- no, we well, <laughs> it's a web app. You don't actually we don't actually have an iPhone app. But if you select, like, let's say you're working on an Accord 125, you can select ten questions and assign them to a customer. If you know this customer is not likely to use the app, there's actually a button that says "Copy this in like a text message, basically," and it just copies Ooh. the text so you can stick it in an email. Because we recognize, like, not everybody is gonna want to use the app. And so it's like, how can we still make the agent's life easier? That's a Um, genius idea. By like selectively pruning the 10 questions out of a 20 page app, for example. Nice. So so what does the software cost, Peter? You know, it's it's a standardized pricing. It depends on the number of agencies using the software. It works out to be about, I think right now it's probably $50 a user a month, but don't quote me on it because you'd want to talk to uh, our sales team. Um, Yeah that's like
2: one deal a year would easily pay for it. One small commercial commission kind of deal. So.
1: Yeah. I think we, ha- we like to have a certain number of like a, like a minimum deal size. And so, um, but yeah, I think like the way that we, yeah. Big picture. Y- if you win one commercial account with one write, like you'll pay for it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nice and you get a lot
2: more. Can you build it right onto your website too? Where like get commercial insurance and they can click on the button and start like
1: putting their information in? Um it's on the roadmap. Um, but you can't do that today. I I love, I love the idea. You know, the idea being, hey, if I have an intake form for trucking insurance, can I just like embed it on the website? And um, you know, I think that we'll get there. yeah, exactly. Right. I also so, think that like Troy's pe- exposing people...
0: your secrets. Um, I mean, it's it's.
1: I look. I think secrets. I mean, look. If agents are asking for it, like we've logged it, it's in our product management software, and it's like, how many agents have asked for it? How critical is it? Um, I think it's interesting. I think that when the rubber meets the road, it's not the biggest feature request, and it's not for most agents. Like they don't actually have a lot of customers that are like necessarily looking for that. I think customer commercial. That's for sure. Yeah. Exactly. So what is the biggest uh, feature request? The biggest feature request? Um, you know, I'd say the ones we hear most frequently are integrations with agency management softwares. Um, people really like the third-party data we have, and I think they want more. Um, and uh, probably just more in the realm of, like, we do some auto-filling today. So when you're filling out forms, we can kind of automatically fill in some fields. Uh, But we know that we could do more. And so people are like, we want more. Um, And then there's probably other, you know, things people are asking for um, that I'm just not blanking on right now.
0: What is a data feature?
1: So, yeah, I mean, you know how, like, when you're searching Google, it like kind of knows what you're searching for already (laughs) uh, before you even finish typing it. I think we wonder, it's like, well, why can't just my experience with insurance software be like that? right Right? um and i think there's just a lot of different tools that we use in our life where they pre-fill they just make it easy but of course when it comes to filling out an insurance app it's like what's the 17 digit vin don't screw it up (laughs) and there's no pre-fill there's no like verification at least on a lot of agency tools or on work comp class codes or on property if it's like looking for like where's the nearest fire hydrant you're like i have no idea let me make something up um so with wonder i it we do like, you know, it's called type ahead search, or like as you're searching for an address, we can like pre-fill the address. Once you've selected the address, we can pull in over 170 data points. Um, when you give us a vehicle identification number, we can verify that vehicle information, the vehicle info, pull in 50 data points, pull in a, a body class image of the vehicle. Um, and so there's just uh, a lot of data that we can pull in to streamline your workflow. So you're not having to jump around to the local assessor's office or jump right. jump around looking for the appropriate like vehicle information and, and class. How long has WonderWrite been around? Um, we started the company more or less in January, 2020. Um, that's like really when like, we kind of like raise our first kind of friends and family money, but the backstory, the longer version is like, I think I had the idea starting in 2013 uh, wow. I, I under a name sov dot um, com which i thought people might relate to but um like <laughs> that was like while i was working at the family agency i think i bought the domain wonder right where i was like this will be the name in 2015 so i know everything everything wants to feel like an overnight success but this is like a, a long story in the making um we know all t- about that
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> nothing also, worth having is easy right <laughs> Yeah. So tell, tell us about, you said, you know, all about it. Tell me a little bit about, about that.
2: Well, Savatel, our company, we're still on the runway. You know, we were naive to think we'd have people lining up at the door when we opened and said, Hey, we've got amazing VAs and nobody was there. <laughs> They're like, okay, we got to market. We got to get out there. We got to do podcasts. We got to do cold calling. We got to do whatever it takes trade shows. So, um, but we've learned and we've learned and we're, we're gaining momentum on the runway. I still don't think we've taken off yet, but
1: it's so, been a fun journey. So, what, so what are the, what are the biggest learnings along the way? I mean, there's a lot of people that are starting agencies. Maybe they're out when that got acquired. Maybe they uh, left a captive agency. I guess what are the biggest learnings? If you were to go back in time and do this again
2: with a virtual assistant company.
1: Yeah. Okay. Monica, you go <laughs> ahead and
2: answer that.
0: I know he was He's our co-founder,
2: do that. CEO, Monica Adwani. I knew,
0: I knew <laughs> he was going to do that. Oh, my goodness. Um, well, I think we underestimated the amount of uh, work that it takes when it comes to communication internally, actually. Um, you know, not so much externally, but internally, the coordination, the... Uh, Trying to build uh, the foundation, I think I would spend uh, a little bit more time on that. Uh if I were to start over. Just because We definitely uh,
2: were ready. Fire exactly. aim. Like yes. we fired yes. way right yeah. away. <laughs> Just, yeah. Boom, I'm not, okay, not now saying, what do we
0: do? <laughs> not saying that it's 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 bad, not that. But I would have spent a little bit more time to understand the amount of effort and, and, and challenge that it will require for us. You know, like, because we have other businesses, we have, you know, so I think um, I would have given it that a little bit more time to understand what it would take. Um, and then the other the other thing is that, we did have a, a, a really good kind of, you know, initial marketing plan, but we have not done any work marketing ourselves ever. Um, and I think if something that I would have done a little bit differently was to understand how did that, how that personal branding uh, worked uh, better, Towards the um, the better of the company, right? So that's mm-hmm. the second one. So sometimes when you when you go into the entrepreneurial uh, journey, you find yourself very lonely, very lonely, and it is a lot of work, and it is a lot of hours. And um, I think it's from that perspective. I'm not saying it you know from peers or professionally. I'm just saying that, you know, for me, it has been uh, it has been a great experience. I have a great partner and you know, partners because Sarah is not here, but she's a partner too. Like they're extremely supportive. But on my end, it was more like no support whatsoever from like family or nothing. So it's like that be is being
2: an entrepreneur, right? Yeah on, on so, your own.
0: So I think those were some some lessons that I learned. I know Troy has different, different points. Similar,
2: just more than anything, just expecting it would be easier, which was just complete naivete thinking, Oh, we have a cool company and everybody needs a VA because we're not only focused on insurance. I mean, we have verticals, we're getting into real estate. We have a handful of realtors now. Um, We have a handful of recruiters and people in construction And the sky's the limit, casting a very wide net, which I'm sure if we talked to some consultants, they would have said that's not a good idea. I mean, our bread and butter is the insurance industry because that's what I do and what Monica does too. But just trying to understand how to promote everything and focus on insurance has been a challenge. But yeah. Peter, how about we ask you the same question, man? If you could go back and do it all over again. No, right? The...
0: Like we're not here to interview <laughs> us. What are you doing?
2: I mean,
1: what no, it's, it's good. It's, it, no, it's good to have the real, I mean, you know, I think it's look, it's a challenge. I, um, I went through a program called tech stars and, um, you know, I still even two years later, we have every couple of weeks, we do a call of fellow CEOs of, you know, st- tech startups. And, um, it's been one of the best parts of tech stars is just like cutting through all the whatever you see on social media. And then seeing like the reality of like, it's, it's hard. And it's, it's a roller coaster, And like, you have days where there's like you get really excited in the morning and then like end of the day, like five <laughs> bad things happen. And you're like, how am I going to wake up tomorrow and function? Yeah. Um, it's tough. I think um, we've been, you know, I don't know. We've been, we've been blessed with, uh, I don't know, in so many ways, support of the family. I mean, my dad's agency is user number one. I think he, he was a customer even when he probably shouldn't have been for any other reason than we were related um, and has been having people using the software and, and whatnot. So I've like been super appreciative of that. I've had the support of when I was in, in my master's program. Um, but I think that the most important thing, Monica, to your point is like, you did it. Even if it was ready, fire, aim. It's like, the first part is taking the step in some regards. Right. And I think in a lot of times, if you've ever had a boss in your life or you ever had somebody that owns a company and you're like, that person's like not that much smarter than me. Why are they in like that position? It's like, maybe because they just took a chance and like did it, right? Yeah. And so I think that like the most important part of the journey is like is like right now. Yeah. Um, and I think that once what we've found is like once things start to click, they like, they really start to click. But to answer your question, if I were to go back in time and do things differently, man, I mean, I, I it's like, at which part in time are we going back to? But I think we think specifically to WonderWrite, um, this idea has been brewing since 2013, if not earlier. And I think that what I didn't understand back then is like, how does venture capital work? How does business plans work from a VC perspective? Um, how gotten do you got a lot of a business venture for how do you think Sorry about to those? interrupt but is that been... so we we raised a three million dollar seed round um about about 11 months ago from some of the best investors in the country um which was a f- really interesting process um and fantastic um before that we had raised friends and family and we had raised from uh from like uh yeah f- friends and family angels strategic operators did you go buy a ferrari after the Three million seed rep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm looking at a house in the Bahamas right now because <laughs> I need to get out of the country. No, um, no, 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 absolutely not. I am still very much. It's still in, in Massachusetts.
0: Same... I don't think so.
1: <laughs> I live in the great state of Massachusetts. Um, so yeah, I think like understanding how venture capital works, understanding how business plans work. I would have loved to have executed sooner, um, way sooner um, and gone all in um was it a struggle at the beginning it was like uh was it a struggle i mean yeah i mean look I, I'm, a, I'm a passionate person ty harris from openly had written about me a couple of years back with peter will walk through a brick wall and make things happen um and i think that having been an agent for seven years i had seven years of frustration at the status quo and I was frustrated with the tools that I was left with and thinking, how am I going to build my future in the 21st century with these tools? How am I going to have success the way my dad has had success, the way everybody else I see in the industry has had success? And when my skill set is not necessarily like playing golf and networking and being a really good relationship person. Um, like I think I'm an, I'm an okay relationship person, but I'm kind of like an engineering nerd. Like I was a math major. <laughs> I like computers a lot. Um, I talk about drones and video games, even though I don't play video games anymore because I don't have time. Um, so I'm I had Super Mario. Other than Super Mario, because my whole family had COVID, and I needed to introduce my daughter to the OG uh, game. Um, but yeah, so I, I had super. I was super passionate, and I was willing to walk through walls to get things done. So was it hard? Um, I was I was a person with with nothing to lose and super passionate and We're motivated gonna let it fail. and um yeah and I can be very I can be very thankful to my wife. I have a, a note here I wrote to her when I finished business school and I just said look you know most people when they finish business school their wives can or their, their spouse can look forward to the partner you know getting a new job, getting a signing bonus maybe getting like upgrading the house. And in our case, I'm literally flying out tomorrow to a convention and there's, there's no, there's no cash <laughs> bonus. There's nothing. I'm actually getting no salary because yep. I'm going full time on this. There's no minivan. Um, Not even a stood, minivan. I, I, I'm i telling you, you can't even buy minivans anymore because whatever the supply, chain. supply um, chain and I'm like, and you, you've stood, you stood me, you stood by me through all this. So I, I thank my wife, I thank my, my parents, my family, my my co-founder, our investors, our customers. It's been hard, but it's been, um, it's, it's been a lot, but it's been, it's been the most fun I've had. And I've definitely listened to your point about working hard. I'm working the hardest I've ever worked in my life. Okay. I think people think startups are fun and exciting, but it's, it's also a complete grind. I mean, I'm it's like, yeah, we and I know, look, a lot of people work a lot. Um, so there's no complaint there. It's like, I'm, I'm passionate about what I do and I'm having the most fun that I do it. But it is, uh, it's the money is just a byproduct, right? Yeah, I mean, it's the
0: <laughs> when you start seeing it, which I don't think any <laughs> of us have seen it yet, but it's okay.
1: Delaying gratification, <laughs> keep growing, the money will come later. Yeah, I mean, it's um, well, when you I mean talk on the, on the money side, you look at like Amazon, right? Like, I think it took them forever to turn a profit, and but that was strategic, and I think like um in the early days of the business model it's not about you know it's not about earnings it's not about returning capital it's about building a product that people love and they really want and if you found that magical thing that people love and want it resonates with the market um and you do right by those customers like all that stuff will come to your point and delay gratification yeah um, no
0: but to, to a serious note i know i joke a lot but it's, uh, that's okay um in a serious note you know the satisfaction that comes with the long hours the grind you know it is it is a lot of sacrifice and a lot of work but you kind of wake up every day just excited to do it all over again you know like it's it's not a job anymore it's something that you're building for legacy and i think um at least for me i don't even know how many hours I work on a daily basis like i think Troy gets like emails from me at 11, at 12, at two, at three, at four in the morning. Like, Those are on you know.
2: Saturday and Sunday.
0: <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't even know. Like, you know, when I like I do sleep, I do sleep eight hours a day, I have to tell you. But um, you just you, you're just going right. And if you have an idea, you just have to go with it. And you just have to like, you know, let it flow and you do it right then and there. So like, it's not like you have a timer anymore. It's not the nine to five, it's not the 10 to six. Um, And I I really love it. I I really enjoy it. Every every single aspect of it. Yes, there are good days, there are bad days, but it's just that fuel that keeps refilling every single day
2: yeah you're definitely an integrator but you definitely have some visionary characteristics too but you get stuff done like peter was talking about if you have the idea and you never do it it doesn't matter you've got to implement you got to integrate and that's what monica you're so great at
1: how about you peter are you more of the visionary or the integrator uh i don't know what integrator means but um i definitely have a lot of visions i guess um and it's nothing crazy. Again, it's just kind of like, hey, I have awesome experience with Google and like with Amazon, you click a button and you get something delivered to your house tomorrow. Why does insurance okay, okay. so not like that, right? And so it's like, it needs to be better. So the, the vision is just like, hey, can we have an awesome product that independent agents can use to thrive and build best in class experiences on par or better than like the, all the sexy you know MGA's of the of the day that financially don't necessarily make a lot of sense all the time um on their investor reports but the ui looks amazing and the marketing looks amazing i think independent insurance agents represent some of the best insurance products in the country but without all that marketing fluff that all the other companies get love it good stuff so what's on
2: on the uh goal what's on the docket for 2022 for wonder and real quick how did you
1: come up with wonder what's the story behind that yeah, so the name Wonderwright, it's a combination of the German wonder, um, Wunder, like Wunderbar. Um, but so wonder is like miraculous, wonderful. Um, and then underwrite, which of course is like Lloyd's of London, you know, you write your name beneath a manifest of a ship, like who's the captain, what's the cargo, where's it's going, what's the weather. Um, and by signing your name underneath that piece of paper and Lloyd's, you know, was it coffee or tea shop? Um, you back the voyage and you become an underwriter. So we want to bring the, the wonder back, the miraculous back Ooh. to insurance. I think that this is truly a, a fantastic industry. And from anybody who's actually gotten an insurance payout, like I have when my first child was born, six weeks premature and spent the first week of her life in the intensive care unit, um, you know that insurance is designed to make you whole. It's a wonderful product. It's a, it's a human desire to protect one another. It's been around for thousands of years. And I think if you've been in the industry, you've probably heard before that insurance is a necessary evil. And that's like a pretty common perception that's out there. And I think that if you've been an agent and you've paid a death claim on a life insurance or you've helped someone rebuild a home or, you know, a business, they've they've put to, you know, Monica, to your point, like their whole blood, sweat and tears, their life into and the business burns down. And like, I've seen this firsthand. Um, it's a wonderful product. And I just, I want to be positive and remember that um, against all the negativity. I also think that, Insurance is the original big data industry. It's the reason we have fire departments. They were literally created by the insurance industry. The insurance industry is the reason that we have airbags and like life-saving devices and cars. They've accelerated the adoption. It's the reason we have um, robust building codes that protect people when storms come through. And so it's a really good industry. And you know, so the, the, the name back to your question, Troy, is wanna bring the wonder and the miraculous back to insurance. It's mm. a fantastic industry and it's a good industry. That's powerful stuff, Peter. Thank you so much for your time today. It's great chat.